Good morning all. It's good to be with you today. I hope that you're all well and that you've had a good week. And I pray that uh, you all just be encouraged this morning from these few thoughts. Let's pray before we start. Father God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for keeping us throughout this week. I thank you for your love that surrounds each one of us every day. I pray that you will speak this morning, that your words will just drop into our hearts as we receive from you. In your precious name. Amen. So today is the day that we call Palm Sunday, uh, the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey with crowds of cheering people welcoming him in. I've always loved Palm Sunday. I could imagine the scene, a lovely sunny day with happy people who are getting ready to celebrate the Passover feast. There's lots of cheering and excitement as they see Jesus and his disciples coming along the road. I've told this story as an assembly in schools many times and we always take in some great big paper palm leaves for them to wave. We've usually split the hall in two and had some children acting out the story as Jesus and his disciples as they arrive into Jerusalem. So the children are there waving their palm leaves and shouting Hosanna. It's always been a great assembly that kids have remembered. Some of the schools have actually had royal visitors so they can relate to the scene as they were all given flags to wave to welcome in their special guest. Palm Sunday is the beginning of a week that has every emotion. There's joy, sadness, grief, betrayal, anguish, anger, disbelief, excitement and elation. So much contrast in just a few days. The story is told in all four of the Gospels in the New Testament. And today we're going to read a few verses from Matthew 21, starting at verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. And tie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. Nazareth in Galilee. It's hard to imagine big crowds waving flags at the moment. For the last year we've been subject to restrictions that haven't allowed large gatherings. So there's been no big crowds, there's been no places where people have been allowed to gather in great numbers. I wonder how we will feel when people are allowed to gather in big groups again. Maybe a bit apprehensive, maybe you can't wait to be in a large gathering. It'll probably seem a little bit strange to start off with. Crowds can be scary and they can also be fun 
A crowd of demonstrators at a rally is different to a crowd of people celebrating at a carnival. Crowds of opposing football supporters are different to a crowd of people supporting a marathon. We may have seen crowds of people waiting to get inside a shop on Black Friday. Compare that to a crowd of people who are waiting for a royal wedding. Crowds can be hostile and crowds can be supportive. Crowds can seem different to different kinds of people. A young child could find a crowd completely different to an older person. The, the, the large people around them not being able to see. The crowd in this story was a jubilant, happy, excited crowd. A celebrating crowd, a cheering crowd and a supportive crowd. But sadly, a few days on, many of these same people who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem with cheering would completely turn around and would become an angry and mocking crowd. The cheering would become jeering and ridicule against Jesus. I wonder if you've ever been caught up in the emotion of a big crowd. I remember years ago watching the carnivals as they made their way through the town. There were crowds of people waiting to see the decorated floats. They would line both sides of the road and we were given pennies to throw onto the floats, probably against health and safety nowadays. Sometimes celebrities would be on the floats. You would hear the crowd start cheering down the road as they saw this person. The cheers would become louder and then you would also start cheering as that person came closer, just because everyone else was. I've also been to a couple of football games. I won't say which team. And although I'm not a massive fan of football, when your team scores, it's easy to get caught up in the celebration and the cheering. I guess that was like many of these people that were cheering Jesus into Jerusalem, caught up in the excitement of the celebration and the emotion of a big crowd. Jesus, of course, was used to crowds. He had attracted crowds wherever he went, sometimes thousands of people who wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus, people who wanted to hear his stories and see the amazing miracles that he performed. Remember the thousands of people that he fed with bread and fish. The Bible tells us there was 5,000 men, plus women and plus children. Potentially 10,000 people could have been in that crowd. It was a massive crowd. People came from miles around to listen to what Jesus said and see what he did. But he hadn't always had supportive crowds. Majority of people were supportive because they wanted to see what he was doing. But there were always the religious leaders of the day who would follow him around and follow the crowds, ready to question and challenge what Jesus said, accusing him, sometimes stirring up others that were there. Jesus knew everything that was going to happen to him over the next few days from his entry into Jerusalem. It was his purpose to die on the cross to save mankind. He was sent by his Father God to take the punishment that we deserve for everything that we have done wrong. And he did this because God loves us and wants us to have an eternity with him in heaven. We know from reading on in this story that Jesus was ready for God's will to be done in his life. God wants each one of us to do his will. 
He has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And sometimes it might seem scary or difficult, but we know that God has the best for us. He will lead us and he will guide us if we allow him to do his will in our life. A really well-known verse in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understanding, to acknowledge him in all our ways and he will make our path straight. It's a great verse to read and God honours his promises. God is faithful and he is true. And when we completely surrender to him, he is always there for us. We might not understand why we're going through what we're going through at the moment or why we even have difficulties and circumstances. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean to say that we will never have anything go wrong, that we will never have an illness, that we will never have things that make us sad or upset us. But God knows and he promises that he's with us, he's for us and he will see us through. We just have to trust in the we just have to trust in him that he is in control and we are where we are because it's God's will. Sometimes it might seem you're in that dark tunnel, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And when we follow God, he will lead us through and he will be there for us. Listen to this illustration. A story is told of a little girl who, while walking in a garden, noticed a particularly beautiful flower. She admired its beauty and enjoyed its fragrance. It's so pretty, she exclaimed. As she gazed on it, her eyes followed the stem down to the soil in which it grew. This flower is too pretty to be planted in such dirt, she cried. So she pulled it up by its roots, ran to the water tap and washed away the soil. It wasn't long until the flower wilted and died. When the gardener saw what the little girl had done, he said, you have destroyed my finest plant. I'm sorry, but I don't like it in the dirt, she said. And the gardener replied, I chose that spot and mixed in the dirt because I knew that only there could it grow to be a beautiful flower. God has placed us exactly where we are, so we must trust him. In the trusting, we eventually see that he is using our pressures, our trials and difficulties to bring us to a new degree of spiritual beauty. True contentment comes when we accept what God is doing and we thank him for it. So hang in there. You're in that dirt for a reason. So on this day, Jesus enters Jerusalem, riding on a donkey to crowds of happy people. A donkey that had never been ridden before. A donkey that was a normal animal of the day. Many people owned donkeys. They were the, the pack horse, they carried everything. It wasn't a big, proud horse, but a small, humble donkey, as was predicted by the prophets. Riding into Jerusalem with his disciples beside him. It wasn't even his donkey. He sent two of his disciples out and told them where they could find it and what to say when the owner came out to them. The disciples did as Jesus asked and brought the donkey to him. They put their cloaks over it and Jesus got up and sat on the donkey. I'm not sure that I can recall another story of Jesus riding on a donkey. We read many stories of him walking to places or going by boat, but not many, or if any, 
where he was riding on a donkey. As Jesus entered, the crowd started shouting, waving their palm branches and placing their coats on the ground for Jesus and the donkeys to walk over. When we've told this story in the schools, we've had to say to the children, now don't get putting your coats on the floor for people to walk over when you get home. That wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> but these people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's interesting that the translation for Hosanna is save us. That was exactly the purpose of Jesus for those people then and also for us today. I read this article about them coming into Jerusalem. The disciples must have thought they had made it. Success at last. Where are those arrogant Pharisees now? We've got it made with Jesus. The people are all for him. They recognise that he is the promised one, the son of David. Everything is going to go our way. But Jesus knew what was to come. He'd know even as the people shouted, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He knew what was to come on the following Friday. He knew what the same crowd would shout out when Pilate asked them, what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? He knew that they, the jeering crowd, would shout out, let him be crucified. And that when Pilate asked, why what evil has he done? They would shout all the more, let him be crucified. And Pilate would release Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he would be handed over to be crucified. How quickly things would change. One week a hero, the next just another victim. A person, an object to be spat upon and scorned to be beaten and killed. How things would change from this Sunday to the next Sunday. Many of that excited crowd would now be caught up in the emotion again. This time not happy and jeering, happy and cheering, but mocking and jeering Jesus. Stirred up by the religious leaders who wanted Jesus tried and executed. How easy it is to be caught up in the crowd, to go along with what seems acceptable. Maybe we have been there, going along with something, just so we fit in. As a Christian, will more than likely never fit in with what seems acceptable and what seems normal. In fact, the Bible tells us we won't. John 15 verse 19 says, If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And Matthew 5.11, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. But what a better reward we have when we are following Jesus as we should and going against the crowd and the way of the world. There is a cost to following Jesus, but the Bible tells us there will be a hundredfold reward. This week I encourage you to read the Easter story. As you read it, maybe think about the different characters and what they went through that week. So many different emotions, so many different circumstances. Think about the crowds, some who cheered and some who jeered, some who did both. Think about the disciples and how they felt. Think about those people that were sentencing Jesus, even though they knew he had done nothing wrong. 
let's not be part of the crowd so that we fit in, but let us be wholehearted followers of Jesus. Followers who will stand up and be counted for what we believe and for who we believe in. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. And even though these events that went on this week were beyond our comprehension, we thank you that you went through them because you loved us. Help us not to be those who just go along with the crowd to fit in. But help us to be people who stand up for you. People who will make a stand and declare that you are Lord and that you are reigning in their lives. I pray that as we read this through the story this week, that you will bless us and that you will speak to us and that you will help us to be your light shining to those people that we come into contact with. Pray that you'll bless each person listening today, Lord, and that you'll just uh, be with them throughout this week in your precious name. God bless you. Have a great week.